morning and welcome to the latest breakfast briefing. My name is Chris Conway. It is Wednesday the 9th of March 2022. A quick look at the disclaimer. It essentially says that this presentation is general in nature only before acting should take into account your personal financial circumstances. If you would like to read the disclaimer in full, you can pause the video now. To the overnight prices, we see there that the Dow was down 185 points, but that belies what was a very pardon me, very volatile session. At best, the Dow was up 586, at worst down 239. So a 900 point range, if my maths serves me correctly. The NASDAQ, not down as much as the Dow Jones and the S&P 500, the broadest index, was down the most, down seven tenths of a percent. The VIX index pulling back a little bit. Oil prices kept on marching higher. The big headline this morning is that the UK and the US have banned Russian oil imports. I would have thought that energy prices, oil prices were up more than that on that news, uh, but we'll see that there are some mitigating factors uh, once we get to the headlines. And gold uh, surged back above US $2,000 an ounce, adding 2.4%. Iron ore came off slightly. You can see there the Aussie dollar price. There were some very significant moves in other commodities. Nickel went limit up. Uh, the LME stopped trading there for a while because it was up uh, something ridiculous again, something like 100% as that short squeeze continues. Uh, crazy things going on with the nickel price. Tin was up 4.6%. That's a big move for tin. And coal was up 11%. So still, we're seeing some price distortions and some crazy moves in commodity markets. That is the S&P 500 overnight. Similar chart to the Dow, of course, we can see as I was talking about before, just how volatile that session was. It was fairly directionless uh, overall. You know, neither the bulls nor the bears were winning consistently throughout the session uh, and very volatile. To the headlines, uh, just talked about US markets fading late on that oil move. Uh, Russian forces continuing to intensify their bombardment of Kyiv. Uh, there we go, that major headline there, US and UK ban Russian oil imports imports trying to squeeze Putin, uh, but at the same time, European governments, other European governments reiterated their hesitation and reluctance to do the same as the US and the UK. Uh, the latest talks between Russia and Ukraine, unfortunately going nowhere. Putin has sent in almost 100% of the forces that had been amassed at the Ukraine border prior to the conflict kicking off. It is only day 13, of course, so uh, it's been a full-scale assault uh, but by the same token, a headline there, Russian ground forces not as feared as they were in the past. That's a, probably a good thing. They're not being as damaging as they have been in the past. Uh, outside of uh, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, back to finance, the EU looking at unveiling plans to jointly issue bonds on a potentially massive scale to finance energy and defense spending. So uh, that will be an interesting new moving part. Uh, in the global financial landscape. Uh, France talking about Russia's demands on the Iran nuclear talks as blackmail. Basically, what Russia is doing there is blocking uh, the completion of the deal so that the Iranian oil doesn't flood back into the market and allow for the world to move away from dependence on Russian oil. So uh, a strategic uh, move there from Russia destroying or breaking down those talks. Uh, and then the Russian oil minister overnight talking about oil going to $300 a barrel if the world rejects Russian oil and leading to catastrophic consequences. So uh, clearly they have skin in the game 
uh, and are talking their own book. That's the Russians, of course. Uh, U.S. oil executives, this is some of the mitigating factors that I was talking about before. U.S. oil executives looking to ramp up crude production, but warning not to expect new supplies immediately. It does take a long time to bring new supply online. Uh, Venezuela, they're being tapped on the uh, shoulder to see if they can increase their supply, but the Venezuelan oil sector, as we can see, they're not what it once was, uh, and again, would take a long time, potentially, or longer than usual time, to bring that production online. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the Iran, uh, potential Iran nuclear deals, deal as well. If that gets up, then Iran could start supplying as well. So perhaps while we didn't see uh, oil up more than it was last night on the back of that announcement that the US and the UK are banning Russian oil imports. Nickel we've already talked about. Uh, and then just the global economy in general. You know, it seemed only late last year, towards the end of last year, that all the major risks had been dealt with and sort of dealt with appropriately, whether it be the Fed kicking the can down the road or, you know, inflation really hadn't kicked off yet. The Fed had, hadn't done their pivot. Everything seemed fine. Here we are in March. The global economy is facing multiple headwinds from the Russia-Ukraine war in particular, really ramping up inflation expectations, and that complicates the central bank's plans to tighten monetary policy, which they were all in agreement that is necessary to uh, you know, uh, give the central bank some ammunition so that when there is the next downturn, and there will be one, uh, they actually have some tools in the toolkit in order to fight uh, whatever the economic conditions, prevailing economic conditions are at the time. So uh, a lot of well-laid plans being significantly disrupted by the Russia-Ukraine situation, directly impacting markets. Let's not forget that uh, the major drivers of markets are GDP, inflation and interest rates, and all of those things are being affected and affected significantly uh, and quite dramatically uh, because of uh, what we've seen in Russia, Russia and Ukraine which has exacerbated some other factors. All right, let's pivot locally. Uh, speculation that Aristocrat could launch a share buyback of more than 600 million uh, after it failed to take out Playtech. That was the acquisition that they were going for. It was going to be a multi-billion dollar acquisition. It fell over. So now potentially uh, giving some money back to shareholders via a share buyback. Uh, Philip Lowe talking today at the AFR Business Summit. Everyone always interested in what the governor of the RBA has to say. Uh, the London Metal Exchange uh, forced was forced to halt nickel trading. We've already talked about that. China has consumer and producer prices for February. And then we have Brambles, Costa Group, and Accent Group trading ex-dividend. To the question of the day, something a little bit different today. It seems like all we've been talking about is Russia, Ukraine, energy, and materials prices. Uh, and the question is, aside from the ASX, what other markets do you like to trade? In a former life, I really enjoyed trading US markets. That was when I was younger and I could afford to stay up and watch the US Open. Uh, now I have two kids and I like to get up early and go to the gym. So <laughs> trading US markets doesn't work for me anymore. But I certainly did like to do it. would be very interested to hear what others have to say about what other markets, uh, whether it be a different region uh, or whether it be, say, commodities or FX, what other markets people like to trade. All right, team, as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Take care until I talk to you next time.